0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is the first of three July Festival previews, day one at Newmarket on the July course. Uh, I'm your host, George Ellick, and it's just the two of us today. It's just me and Andy Holding. We're going to rattle through the cards uh, on Thursday. Uh, just the two of us now as well. Uh, Andy, before we, we get into the racing itself, um, the July Festival, an incredibly popular meeting with, uh, with Newmarket residents and locals. How do you find it from a, a punting perspective?
1: Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, all the Ascot form is is there for all to see. We get a lot of uh, refugees out of those big handicaps running in mm-hmm. the um, you know, the mile, mile and a quarter, three hour races, horses that come out of the, the Britannia and the, and the King George handicap. The Cup Cup's going to be viciously competitive. and and come Saturday, we should have a fairly good idea, George, of where you need to be on the track as well, having had two days worth of information. Um I think it's very important for punters not to go. Uh, too bold on the first day. i make too many assumptions that it's going to be favouring one side or the other until we've had a look at it because there'll be big fields on on each day and they'll split into two groups in those uh, 20-odd runner handicaps. Um, and obviously that'll um, pay a significant factor to the Bumby Cup and the, and the July Cup itself. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fairly fair track most of the time. Ground should be good, good to firm. You know, They'll probably have to water because of the, the the weather we're going to be getting. And I'll be down there on Friday and Saturday as well. So um, I'm looking forward to a couple of days on the July course.
0: Lovely stuff. I'm very jealous. Uh, I was up there on on Monday, and it is uh, yeah, in the sunshine, one of the greatest places to be. So I'm jealous to be there uh, on the weekend. Um, I've got Panama.
1: I have got a Panama hat somewhere. I think I might. Have, <laughs> I think I might have to don that because uh,
0: is it odds checker branded. We need to get you one of those.
1: Should yeah. Well yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was a bit short on the old odds checker branding. Could do. I with, agree. Uh, could do I agree. With, uh, could do nudging the powers at be with that. I, I asked for a jacket about two years ago. <laughs> uh, which uh, Nick Schofield um, um, yeah. gracefully paraded once, and I, I, I never got any comeback of that. So
0: this is the equivalent yeah. of going on Sky Sports News and demanding a new contract. I think for a footballer, um, you know, yeah. going on going on the Oddschecker podcast and demanding demanding some stash. I think if we do get some over to you, I have to wear it um, for the next show that we record next week. Um, let's get into the racing though. And yeah, we're going to go through the card uh, from start to finish. Uh, Before we do, just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app where you get the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms and and these tips amongst other uh, top tipsters straight to the app every single morning. So do download that now uh, ahead of the New Market July Festival. We'll start with the opener. I don't think we're going to spend too long on it. So again, this is Thursday's racing. We're recording this just after 11 o'clock on Wednesday. We're going to record Friday and Saturday tomorrow. So this is just a a one-off for the time being. Uh, But the 120 is the maiden. Uh, We have... No prices as it stands. You have four, uh, or no, is it three, horses who, who have run uh, before. We've got f- uh, six newcomers. Uh, mass has, has had a run. Uh, Rose Prick, who's uh, being ridden by William Buick. And then Ivory Madonna, that may be the most high-profile run, finishing third in the Albany. Um, how do you expect those three to kind of shape up in the betting, Andy? Um, and, and what have you made of their performances so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, Iv- Ivory Madonna sets a, a pretty... Lofty standard, doesn't she? You know, it was a, mm. it was a cracking run in the Albany. Uh, of all the two-year-old times at the at the Royal Meeting, the Albany was the one that was a little bit below par. But it doesn't stop the form already beginning to work out relatively well. Uh, we had a horse that ran the other day, at Ripon. Uh, I was called Miss Mai Tai, who finished thirteenth, beaten nine and a half lengths at uh, at Ascot. And she franked the form um, already, so maybe I should take a probably a little bit more of a. Um, more of a positive view on it than I did at the time. Um, either way, it was still a, a very commendable run from a horse that went into the race off the back of just one run, finishing third. She went off 66 to one and yet absolutely flew home to finish never uh, mm. near a third. Um, a reproduction of that really with her experience on her side should should be good enough, unless there's something else. That are lurking in the midst that is um and i've been showing up prominently at home but um yeah she 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 looks a, a very very worthy favorite at this stage and i, I haven't heard it uh, on the grapevine how good any of the others are you you use your bread here. <laughs> yeah your ears are usually uh, burning a bit more than mine on on those fonts
0: no, I haven't had anything either. But I, I always think, you know, especially for uh, the first race of the July meeting, um, trainers like Richard Hammond, who's got a Qatari horse in there, uh, Rafe Beckett. You know, they're they're not going to be sending their weaker two-year-olds, William Haggis, um, to to take up this, um, you know, uh, booking. So I would um, tread carefully. Um, but it, you know, I think the market's always pretty indicative. Um, by by tomorrow morning, I'm sure I have a pretty good idea of which the, uh, the newcomers are expected to to uh to impress um we'll move on then to the races we can preview uh we'll do the look at the 150 first which is the Bahrain trophy six runners here um Masakella is the seven or four favorite head of walk of stars at five to two Zechariah four to one Al Karim eight to one Dover legend nine to one 25 to one uh green team and I think Andy we probably have to start with Dover legend here um have we recovered yet from the the heartbreak of Royal Ascot
1: yeah, Royal Ascot was was quite painful on on lots of different uh, fronts. Um, Dover Legend being one of them. Uh, to be fair with Dover Legend, I, I had no particular axe to grind with his run. Um, no, he, he was in the right place throughout. He travelled great. He got out pl- within plenty of time. Um, he just didn't quite get up. That that was plain and simple, uh, uh, you know. As that um, other horses didn't get clear runs, you, you can um, count yourself a bit unfortunate, but not with this fella. Um, I mean, his ratings suggests he's got no chance here, or well, certainly um, he's got to find a, a great deal. But I tend not to sort of judge the ratings too, um, too deeply when it comes to three-year-olds at this time of year, because a lot of them are improving at different rates. They come from different form lines. Um, and I often feel as though those big, strong run, big field handicaps, um, particularly at Royal Ascot, are just as good, if not better, than some of the group races where they kind of like tootle around and... Um, you know just quicken up in the home straight whereas the king george was a really strongly run handicap um, and he's 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 just got a very regular cruising speed davole legend as we saw at the Barcher track so he, he's going to be able to go with these mm. it's just whether he's got enough class or the turn of foot at the end of his race to 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 get the job done i I certainly think he's he's worthy of a a shot at a group 3 whether it's the strongest group 3 we've ever seen only time will tell. Obviously, Massaquila represents a Derby form, which is not looking too shabby, is it? No. Given that, given what Westover went on to do, what changing in the guard went on to do, and he was uh, bang there, wasn't he, at the end? You know, he was staying on more like a ledger horse. I've always looked at him as a as sort of like a horse that might come into his own at Doncaster later on in the season. I, I've no doubt that's where they'll end up. That's why he's coming here, I'd imagine, just to kind of um, condition him for to sort of races beyond a mile and a half. You look yeah. at him as a two-year-old, he, he always looked to Galloper and stayed, didn't he, without a turn of foot and that's what mm. he appeared to have in the derby. He was running on three beaten horses. So I think he's the right favourite based on his derby form the, 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 and you know, and, the, and the track being suitable. You'd have to favour him over Walker Stars. I must admit, I, I could not believe how badly run. Yet Sometimes you just get a horse that doesn't run up to expectations but I don't think I've ever backed a horse in the derby that's finished stone bonking last, having got into mm-hmm. it off the back of a good trial uh, in and in a good time as well. So, his um, reputation very much needs um, uh, resurrecting for, for sure. Charlie Apple's Walker Stars. It wouldn't surprise me if he's good enough to prove that run at Epsom all wrong, but you couldn't back him with confidence. Was, no. I, I don't know what was wrong with him at Epsom, but it was the next
0: vet, vet, vet said as well post race that there was nothing to, re- yeah. no abnormalities revealed. I know.
1: Whether it was a mental problem, but he just didn't like the day that, you know, all the below, and he just pulled out. Yeah, fireworks, <laughs> yeah. Or um, the weight of my money, um, one, one thing or another. <laughs> um, he just wasn't up to scratch on the day. So I'd have Masakelo over Walker stars currently. Um, I certainly respect Zachariah as well. It was a cracking run in the, um, the Queen's Vars when he looked like he would nearly nicked it. I think that Queen's Vars is a good race this year. I think the winner of that, um, uh, Edgar Alderoff, could be a ledger horse in the making mm. as well. I think uh, he's a he's a pretty decent animal. So I, the way I'd probably play this race is I would probably go with Dover Legend again and give him another shot. I'd also probably play him in the three-place market as well. Yeah. Because I, I think he'll travel up to them, and maybe if he finds one, maybe two to a good find. But I can't see him not finishing the first three just because of his cruising speed. So if if he was to get somewhere in and around even money for three places on the day, that would give you the option of having a treating like an eight-runner race, as it were. So, yeah, small win bet and a, and a place bet, three places to get your money stake back.
0: Dover Legend 9 to 1 best price as it stands. That's a bet 365, but do look out for the three place market uh, to play the, the each way part of that bet for Dover Legend to six runners. So it would be a quarter the two as it stands uh, at the moment. Uh, on then to uh, the July stakes. Um, it's a bit more. Royal Ascot forming the top end of the market where we've got joint favorites Persian Force who was of course touched off and little big bear who uh, who won at Royal Ascot both 7 to 4 mysterious Knight is 13 to 2 brave nation 9 to 1 waiting all night 16 to 1 harry time 20 to 1 show sure respect 40s king's crown 80 to 1 uh, eight runners at the moment you would hope given that you know the the forecast is fair and it should be um, you know, the, the the firm side of good to firm ground. We should get eight runners going down. So it looks like an interesting each race, I guess, Andy. Unless you want to uh, plump for one of the favourites.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's this perfect race for me, isn't it? Eight-runners uh, from, from an each-way mm. way perspective. The numbers saying that Mysterious Knight is the one from an each-way perspective. Um, second in behind uh, Persian Force, who still has got that very fast time next to his name, um, courtesy of his Doncaster run. For one reason or another, I just don't think one or two of the um, ammo racing horses just shone um, mm. for their respective trainers at the at the Royal Meeting. Um, I don't think Richard Hannon had a winner, and I'm certainly pretty sure that Dave Dave Lottnain didn't have a winner. And Dave Lottnein's gone on a pretty rotten run th- um, in in building up to Royal Ascot and all the way through. I don't, I don't again, I don't think he's had a winner for a, a little while now, and that's probably one of the reasons why Wallbank didn't run up to scratch. He certainly ran well. He, you know, to finish second in a Group Two was was It was a very good effort, but um, from a time figure perspective, the two of them, both Persian Force and Wall Bank, dipped markedly under what they'd done going into the raw Meeting. They were nowhere near the level that they'd shown previously. So whether that suggests that they peaked and some of the other horses have just caught up with them and, and that they'll, they'll, their level of form will just level out, um, that could well be the case. Would I want to back Persian Force at sort of 7 or 4, having backed him at double figures for Ascot? Um, from a, from a win only um, point of view, probably not. Um, Little Big Bear broke the heart of connections of Rocket Rodney um, mm. in in the in the Windsor Castle, uh, but that form looks you know just as good as any, doesn't it? With given what Rocket Rodney went on to do the other day at Sandown, so I think he's probably on balance favourite. Little Big Bear, I think he's probably the most progressive as the season goes along. Out of the two, you could argue that Persian Force may be an early season type and. Little Big Bear, look at the structure and the physique of him. He's going to be a horse who's going to be coming into his own now and later on in the year. Um, but, you've, you know, you've also got to respect my, Mysterious Snyder, who had a good run first time out, a bit of a sighter, in a slowly run race, which probably didn't play into his strengths at Newbury. But the form of that race at Newbury actually worked out well, despite the, the slow nature of it. But then when he went to Newbury the next day, he was really more professional and he did it in a fast time. And like I said, that time figure that he did Puts him in second, in behind um, Persian Force, and just slightly ahead of Little Big Bear. So with the dead out runners going to post, you say George, that mm. does look very, very tempting. Um, so yeah, he'd probably, he'd put, I'd probably be looking towards him at the prices.
0: Thirteen to two, best price for Mysterious Knight at Bet three six five, a short five to one elsewhere. As you say, keep an eye out in case one does come out, because that might change the way you do look to play uh, the July stakes there. Uh, on to then um, the fourth race on the card, uh, the six furlong handicap. Canjar, the 92 favourite, head of Deirdar at 17 to two. Le Beau Garçon, nine uh, to one. Tour, nine to one. Anadora, twelves. Bosch, twelves. Witch Hunter and us, are both 14 16 to one. Bar those, 19 runners as it stands, and uh, Andy at the moment. Uh, most firms, well, a few firms, paying six places currently. Who catches your eye?
1: Uh, well, unsurprisingly, William Haggis has got the favourite in a 3 or handicap shocker. Um, <laughs> pretty much every time that uh, you see his name down on the on the race card, um, you can look in most bookmakers' list to see them chalked up single figures. Um, I think he had a very short price favourite in, in in the Buckingham Palace. Also mm. finished fifth in the end. That had run well at Goodwood the time before. I think he went up to something like three to one, eleven to four, and in in places in in, in that um, seven-filling handicap. So they do tend to get over-bet the haggers horses, like Garcy was in the Old Newton Cup the other day. Not saying they don't win, but there's always a premium to be paid, isn't there, with regards um, what price they should be and what price they end up being. Um, personally speaking, I think this is a 6-7 one the field race. Mm. We don't know the draw. We don't know whether high numbers are, i.e. on the far side or the near side are going to come out top. Um, if it is a, a, low, a high number draw race, and I think, if memory serves me correct, that has been how it's played out in recent times. Yeah, the last few years, Black Rod won it last year from 16. Eel on the year before, 12. Past the Vino, 20. Ekti won it th- four years ago, uh, 19. So, by and large, the high numbers, te- or high to middle numbers, tend to dominate. So, with that in mind, I, I, I think there's one here that absolutely jumps off the page. I mean, that's Bosch, mm. uh, Richard Hannan's horse. Um, they, I, I don't know what it is with the Hannon team, but sometimes they tend to try and be almost a little bit too cute with their horses. They, 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 they have a, what seems to be a fully fed splinter sprinter. And then they want to always try and step it up in trip to try and make, make it something that it isn't.
0: Mm. And then
1: they often end up drop, dropping it back down in distance. Once they realize, Oh, well, that was a bit of a mistake. Um, it hasn't been a disaster by any stretch of imagination for boss this season. He finished a respectable third by horse. eye rate very highly. Who put 50 in the year first time out? Ran on to win next time out. He won the silver bowl at Haydock. And then he finished a creditable fourth from a bad draw in the Britannia. Uh, and then they rode in very, very chilly to get the trip next time out at Goodwood. He, he was absolutely cantering with two films to run in keeping of how Spencer likes to ride. But he just let the front runners go away from him. Um, so even though he quickened up into the, into the hottest part of the race, he was never, ever going to get to the front three, but he did, uh, as I say, catch the eye. Uh, and that's twice now he's gone well through. Seven seven furlong handicaps, like a good horse. But he just wants to strongly run six. You have a look at his runs last year when he was second to Sacred Bridge in that valuable sales race at Nace, and his victory at Newbury prior to that. He's just got a very, very good cruising speed, one that suggested he's a sprinter. If he's drawn on the say on the right side and is not bad, um... I can't not see him not being involved in the finish here. I think he's the best bet on the card.
0: Bosh, 12 to 1 best price. That is a bet 365. It's a sea of blue. Uh, and I'll not check her at the moment, but that 12 to 1 is still the best price. 11 to 1, basically market price, uh, and a few firms' tens. Best bet on the card, Bosch for Andy. At the
1: prices, yeah, for sure.
0: Some... At the prices uh, at, in the 3 o'clock on Thursday at Newmarket. Uh, on to the um, Prince of Wales states, the 335. And Mustardaf is the 11 to 8 favourite, just ahead of your beer at 6 to 4. Looks like a bit of a match, this, uh, but four others do run. A Living Legend 12 to 1, West End Charmer 14s, new mandate. Sixteen to one and Global Storm twenty to one. Uh, do you think the I mean marginal favourite Mustard af as it stands at the moment? Do you think Do you think that's right?
1: I do. Yeah, I, I don't think the the true Yabir has uh, come to the party yet this season. He's run respectably well. Um, I don't know what the form of his last race amounts to. Um, not up to scratch with um, international form, I.e. I, I over in America. But um, he did get beaten three on at um, Newmarket by Living Legend. And uh, whether he improved upon last start that last time out, I can say. I don't really know, uh, but on his day, Yebi is very good as he's proven here before in this race. Um, but this season, for for one reason or another, he hasn't quite, like I say, brought his A game to the table. So I'm, I'm going to go with um, uh, who definitely comes here bringing his A game to the table. Last time out, I, I take a very favourable view of the um, the race that he finished second in at Royal Ascot. It was a very strongly run race. Uh, Broom was brilliant on the day. Got a great ride by Brian Moore. But the figures were very good. And there's no reason to doubt the form with Hurricane Lane back in third. Uh, I mean, if Hurricane Lane was in this race, you'd, you'd say he'd be a, what, two, one to two, four to yeah. nine poke. Um, and like I said, I don't think there was anything um, negative to say or anything dubious about that that race, uh, 20-odd dates, 19 days ago. So if if he runs to that level again, Mosh is definitely the one to beat and he's the right favourite. I can't really fancy Tim of the others. New mandate, not sure about the trip. West End Charmer, don't think he's good enough. Yes, Living Legend beat Yabir be early in the season, but he's bombed out twice since. And Global Storm, he hasn't run for 50 odds seven days, so we don't really know where we are with him either. And it doesn't look like he's number one based on the stable jockey booking. So, um, yeah, this one's a straightforward one, Mosterdaf.
0: Straightforward, 11 to 8, best price with a few firms. Mosterdaf, the one for Andy there. Um, two more races to preview the Sel- Sir Henry Cecil Stakes, a listed race over a mile. Next up, the penultimate race on the card, and Mighty Ulysses is the um, 13 to 8 favourite, uh, ridden by Frankie de Tory. All eyes on Frankie, I'm, I'm sure, as ever this weekend. Um, 13 to 8 Fav. Berkshire Shadow, 4 to 1. The Acropolis, 13 to 2. Albar, 7 to 1. Uh, Alfalia uh, and Dawn of Liberation, both 10 to 1. Uh, Monadar, 12 to 1. King Max, 14 to 1. Another eight runner affair, Andy, with a, mm. a, th- a 13 to 8 favourite.
1: Yeah, the right favourite as well. It uh, Has to be, doesn't it, for a horse who's mm. finished fifth in a very good Group One at Royal Ascot, the St James's Palace Stakes, running beyond anything he'd done previously. Um, he was beaten in a handicap the time before, beyond the aforementioned uh, Who Put Fifty in You, uh, and he superseded that big time um, at Ascot. But you know, it was expected. He, he was he was quite well fancied, wasn't he, in many quarters? Um, even though he finished fifth, he only got beat what. Three quarters of a length of length in a, in a bit of a wild finish, um, so he's definitely progressing. Interesting that Frankie and, and John Gosden have sort of overcome their lovers' tooth, haven't they, to to reunite here? Um, and I think that'll be um, welcomed by many of the racegoers at Newmarket with that flying dismount yeah. um, impending in the in the winners' enclosure. Um, you'd you'd imagine. Um, There's another horse that interests me in this race here is Al Flarlio. I I put this horse up in the Jersey stakes, hoping for a a really positive run. And even though I didn't get one in the end based on where he finished, I think he was a bit unlucky. Um, Rather went out of camera shot when he got hampered halfway through that race when he was coming with a challenge. And then once he got back out in the clear, he finished off his race quite nicely. It was one of those ones that got away again. Basically the story of my week. It was a tale Mm -hmm. of woe. Um, and he was one of them that sort of put the tin hat on it right on the Saturday. So I'd be prepared to perhaps have a, a, another another look at him at a price, particularly as we're looking in an eight runner race. And you think, well, what's the each alternative to the favourite? Because I do think a lot of these have got questions to ask. He obviously is included in that, but there were excuses at Ascot, as I said, for our flalia. I think the mile will suit him as well. I think Seven Funnels, looked to be on his head a little bit at Royal Ascot. So stepping up in trip, is um, going to be uh, playing more into his strength. So without going for every single favourite on the card um, I'm probably going to look towards an each way angle with this race and go with Alfalia.
0: Alfhalia 10-1 to 1 with Hills and Sporting Index uh, both, uh, yeah everyone 5th uh, of 3 given 8 runners uh, and the final race, we're going to preview the final race on the card on day 1 of the July Festival um, the handicap over a mile uh, where we've got Enforced is a three to one favourite ahead of Evocative Spark at eleven to two, repertoire thirteen to two, noble dynasty sevens, echo point eight to one, coast ten to one, soar above twelves, desert doctor twelves, power of darkness fourteens, dingle twenties, Balearic twenty to one, pistoletto twenty-five to one, and humanitarian fifty to one.
1: Yes, um, a real nasty one. This I've got to be honest. All the other races is a good degree of clarity. Attached to them, but this one, um, I spent probably about 15, 20 minutes on it, um, previewing it this morning. and It was the one I couldn't come up with a definitive selection. Mm. M4's guaranteed to be favourite based on what he has done so far this season. He's a and d winner, courtesy of his hard-fought victory last time out. There was nothing silky smooth about it, but he did get the job done. I just think 3-1's to one's a bit tight. Again, similar to Haggis uh, and Sir Michael Stouch runners in handicaps. They tend to be a little bit on the skinny side. Uh, You always have to um, go in at a fairly short price if you want to back a a varying runner and a handicap like this. And it wouldn't surprise me if he won again. Uh, But it also wouldn't surprise me if Godolphin were to step up to the plate again. I did notice that looking at the uh, history of this race, the last two years have both gone to uh, horses trained by Charlie Appleby. And I think it's very significant that both of their two runners here, Echo Point and Noble Dynasty, have been off the track for quite a while. They've both been out in the desert in Maidan. And Mm. I also noticed that the last two winners of this race also had uh, and have had experience of running in Maiden as well. So there's a little bit of symmetry there with both Noble Dynasty and Echo Point. Um, I watched both of their videos back on their last two races, respectively. Noble Dynasty was a little bit disappointing, but Echo Point um, didn't run too badly. So I'd probably play the two against the field. Obviously, one's drawn three, one's drawn nine, so we don't know where where the draw is going to be playing out come 4.14 and and until we've seen the first few races, but like I say, I think if you're splitting your stakes, you'll get one side and one, one on one side, and one on the other, so that that, that, that would be the way I'd play the last race, just stick to Charlie Appleby, um, I'm back a couple of horses who come here fresh, Echo Point and uh, Noble Dynasty.
0: Both, uh, well, Noble Dynasty 7-1 to one with Coral, 8-1 to one Echo Point with Coral, um, but they are three places, uh, Sporty Index are four places and are the same price uh, as a live score bet. So those are the places you can go to get those. Hopefully a good day for Andy, hopefully a good day for Charlie Appleby if uh, mysterious serious like and win the, the uh, July stakes as well. Uh, thank you very much to Andy for, for taking the time. To talk us through his thoughts on the first day of the july festival we'll be back tomorrow to preview friday and saturday's racing as well so do subscribe to the odds checker youtube channel where you can find all of our preview content there plenty of feature content coming up as well you can find all of these on any podcast platform too do download the odds checker out for the best prices free bets bookie offers uh, place terms and of course Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing fingers crossed for a great start to the week in new market Andy, Andy, hope you have a great time there on friday and saturday as well uh, but as is always the case please do ensure that you are gambling responsibly